earliest memories of music was when I was really little, probably three or four years old, you know, like 1969, 1970. My mom and her friends would all be partying and staying up late. And my mom would dance with me and stuff, you know, and we'd be listening to Jefferson Airplane, a lot of San Francisco, uh, Northern California uh, hippie stuff, you know, Santana, Grateful Dead, Credence Clearwater Revival. Uh, Hank, Hank Williams somehow got in that mix too. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's my earliest recollection of music. And then my grandma, she had a little Wurlitzer organ and she used to teach me how to play like Ramblin' Rose and stuff like that on the organ. But then when I was 10 years old, my mom took me to see a Monterey Pop Festival movie that was in the theater. And, uh, and on my 10th birthday, they bought me a turntable and Frampton Comes Alive. And I was hooked after that. I mean, I wanted to play like Peter Frampton guitar live in concert. That was, that was, that's what I got hooked on. My first really good guitar was a Fender Stratocaster and it was 350 bucks and uh, my grandma told me that if I earned half of that that she would match me on the other half. They never gave me anything, they made me work for it. So my stepdad uh, taught me to put gas in the lawnmower and push it around the neighborhood. So I did that for about a month and I was mowing lawns at you know three or four bucks a pop saved up a couple hundred bucks and uh, got my first guitar from uh, Drumming Guitar City. It was a Fender Stratocaster. It was used and uh, I wish I still had it. It was a killer guitar. My favorite all-time guitar player, just like everybody, would be Jimi Hendrix. Um, and that started for me seeing him in the Monterey Pop movie when I was 10 years old. Um, uh, I just remember him playing Wild Thing and, and just his showmanship and the way he, that every note just oozed out of him. It just blew my mind as a, as a, as a 10 year old kid. Uh, but after that, you know, getting into Leonard Skinner and uh, uh, Carlos Santana, Robin Trower, I really got into uh, live albums. And in the 70s, Peter Frampton Comes Alive, Foghat Live, Aerosmith Live Bootleg. Uh, Ted Nugent, Double Live Gonzo, all of those live albums had just such great guitar. Robin Trower Live, Rick Derringer Live was one of my favorite albums of all time when I was a kid. Frank Marino, Mahogany Rush Live. Any great live album that came out in the 70s, I, I went and got it. I saved my, my lawn mowing money and I went to Tower Records and would buy live albums you know and then back in those days you could go to the grocery store and you could find killer magazines like you know cream or hip raider or uh, rock scene or whatever these magazines and you could sit there and just like see these killer pictures and it was so much fun being a kid in the 70s man I mean you know it just music was so new and fresh at that time and magazines and live albums and guitar and and then when eddie van halen came out it just blew everybody's mind so you know i i'm really grateful that uh i grew up in that period of time well my first band my cousin mike we had a band called the cruising cousins and we played at the moose lodge in 1978 i was 12 years old 
and they wanted a country band. So we wore cowboy hats and put on some vests and dressed up like a country band. But really, we were playing uh, You Really Got Me by The Kinks. Uh, we were playing uh, Proud Mary by Credence. And uh, they didn't want to pay us that night. I mean, it was, they were supposed to pay us 25 bucks. But <laughs> my grandpa went in there and collected for us. And we got our 25 bucks. And it was 1978 at the Moose Lodge. I was 12 years old, and we were called the Cruisin' Cousins. When I was 14 years old, um, I started making a name for myself as a young guitar player that could play Hendrix and stuff, and Brian Wheat uh, had heard about me from his brother. And in our neighborhood, South Sacramento, there was a lot of musicians. You, you either were a musician or you were a fuck-up. You were out vandalizing and doing stupid shit. It was a pretty rough neighborhood. and. Brian Wheat was a little older than me, and he his brothers had told him, hey, there's this kid named Frankie who plays guitar, you should get him in your band. So I joined Brian's band, and they were called Rage. And then we changed our name to Earthshaker, because we were playing a lot of Y&T songs and stuff like that. We started, Brian introduced me to more like Def Leppard and Scorpions and UFO and stuff like that. So we started learning more of the 80s metal stuff. And then we changed our name. We couldn't get a gig as Earthshaker because Top 40, you had to be like a pop band. So we changed our name to City Kid because it was more of a pop name like Loverboy or something like that. And we got gigs, but we hated it. And Ronnie Montrose came to see us at a club and he loved our band. And he was like, man, you guys are great, but ditch the City Kid and start rocking out. So Ronnie Montrose took a active role in, in coaching us and telling us to rock and we he actually wrote a song with us called Don't Damage the Rock and it ended up on one of his uh, albums but uh, if it wasn't for Ronnie you know telling us to quit being a pop band you know we wouldn't be where we are today and so we started writing songs like Modern Day Cowboy, Easy Come Easy Go, Rock Me to the Top and we knew we had to change our name, so we changed it from City Kid to Tesla. Well, Ronnie Montrose, you know, he was very cool in, in a sense of, he was from San Francisco area, but he would drive from San Francisco up to where we lived, which was two hours away in Sacramento. And he would go to like these smaller areas, Sacramento, Santa Rosa, and he would find younger musicians and he would mentor them and he'd give them lessons, he'd take them in the studio, produce demo tapes. Not too many people know that about Ronnie Montrose, that uh, he was that kind of guy, you know? He was never satisfied with just playing rock candy and freaking Bad Motor Scooter. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to find new musicians and new things and, uh, you know, so I'm really grateful for Ronnie Montrose.